This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder. The mini sode. That's Karen. That's Georgia. Hi. Hi. Hey. Uh, oh, we're filming this if you want to look at us. <laughs> oh, I, forgot. I forgot. I was just kind of scratching my head. <laughs> Picking my nose. Oh, I didn't do a check-in on how my eyeliner's it's fared. Doing well. It seems yeah, pretty good. Yeah. I don't have any Alice Cooper like uh long, drippy black. <laughs> Wow, what a 70s reference that no one would understand. <laughs> I get it. Thanks. Uh, want me to go first this time? I went first last time. You want to go first? Sure. This is called Whistling. It's always creepy at night. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yep. Hello, besties. When my mom was a teenager, she had a job at a big bank in downtown Auckland. It says New Zealand. Appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> this was the early 70s, so I'm imagining large purses and very sensible heels. Once every few weeks, she would have to do the late shift, which meant she would end up taking the last bus home. It was just over an hour and would get back to our very isolated suburb just after midnight. Why anyone was doing banking at 1030 p.m., I'll never know. <laughs> that was unnecessary. And then sending a single woman home alone for an hour on a bus. You know what, ma'am? You lock the bank down uh, in the middle of the night mm -hmm. and just... We're going to roll the dice and yeah. just see, because it's better for us. That's right. Yeah. On one particular late night bus home, she ended up being one of only two passengers on the bus. It was late autumn, so she had borrowed her mom's fur coat to wear. Then it says, I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. And the other passenger, who she only managed to describe to me as a creepy older guy, started chatting to her about her nice coat. How far did she ride the bus? Was someone waiting to pick her up when she got home? Just your general creep chat. <laughs> My mom moved away to sit behind the driver and ignored this guy for the rest of the journey. That was until he started whistling. And not just any tune, but Mary had a little lamb. Ooh. My mom did her best to ignore this guy and rode the rest of the way in silence. Once she got to her stop, she got off and turned to watch it leave and couldn't see the guy on the bus anymore. But neither could she see him on the street. So she started walking home, thinking she had just missed him getting off or hadn't seen him still on the bus. Can you imagine turn around and he's disappeared? Well, also... I know what's about to happen and I hate it so much. Okay. She's like, right? what? That he's following her? Obviously. How does she know he's following her? You got it. <laughs> She's a few minutes on her walk and what does she hear? <sighs> Someone whistling, Mary had a little lamb. Get the fuck out of here, sir. Fuck the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where to go Ma with that one. Mary, take your fucking lamb and get the fuck away from Run. me. Run. <laughs> My wonderful, precious mother then did the only thing she could think of and took off her shoes and started absolutely legging it. And then it says <laughs> running fast, which I appreciate, but that's like one of my favorite like terms. She had a friend who lived on the way and decided the best thing to do would be to knock on the door to seek refuge from the creepy whistler. She explained what was happening and called her parents from her friend's house to collect her. She made it home that night, surviving not only a creepy whistler, but also the argument her parents started about how she'd absolutely made it up. 
Nobody was following her. Why would they? Just your classic 70s parenting. <laughs> Why would they? Why would they follow you? Little I would young look, girl. I would lock eyes with my mother and be like, I'm sorry you're scared right now. Yeah. I'm sorry you don't like this story. It happened. Right. I'm sorry your trauma is making it so that you don't believe your daughter. You're shutting down my reality because you can't handle it. Sorry. That's right. The next morning, convinced that her parents were right and she had made up the whole thing, Mm. she walked to her friend's house to apologize for the late night intrusion. They were absolutely lovely about it and told her not to worry. But did she trip on their milk while she was running to their door? It turns out someone had smashed every single bottle of milk on their driveway and left broken glass at the front doorstep as a nice morning surprise. Oh, and curiously, there were they were the only house on the street that had been vandalized. My mom has taught me many lessons, but her takeaway from telling me the story was sometimes it pays to run away from your problems. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mom. (laughs) Stay sexy and don't whistle at night. Connie. And then it says born in the 90s. Oh, because of the name Connie. That is such a Connie. That's right. She, her. Man. Yeah. When parents deny your reality, this is like a therapy thing. When when your caretakers deny your reality, you start doubting yourself as well. It's very Mm -hmm. unhealthy. Go talk about it in therapy. Yeah. And you make your parents go to therapy and yeah. talk about what, who did that to them. That's right. Why they're continuing the cycle because that's also why, what is the benefit of someone coming and telling you that story? What, what, what's, what's the upside there? Yeah. Upsetting your parents? Yeah. Like getting quote unquote attention? Oh, right. No. Yeah. Oh my God. But the guy and, then fucking smashed all the goddamn motherfucking so what was he going to do to her you know what i mean like someone that bananas that yeah was... he was furious that yeah. she got away from him yeah by the way gl- they used to put glass bottles of milk that's how they were delivered in case anyone anyone who's like 20 is like why were those why was there milk out there i know also if you ever come to los angeles and you have the opportunity to try Broguer's milk have um, you ever had that fucking milk yeah the glass it comes bottle. in a glass bottle mm-hmm. still and they make a chocolate milk Ugh, the that is the nu- the most nuts delicious yeah. thing of all time. There's a little cow on it, right? Little cow heads. It's, yeah. Oh my god. It, and it's um the the Broguer's dairy. Their motto is uh, milk so fresh the cow doesn't know it's missing. And then the, the cow's laughing on the on the picture. He's so happy. They do eggnog too. Yes, they holidays. do. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. the best eggnog. It's essentially you can get a big glass jar of what what will amount to thirty five hundred calories right. of dairy intake. <laughs> Good luck. Get Good luck it. with your lactose intolerance. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, all right, I'm not going to read you the subject line of this one. Okay, I said subject line, but I meant subject <laughs> line. Okay. My sister and I are both submitting this story. So in the interest of sibling rivalry, I beg of you, pick me, the middle child. Yes! <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve it. Finally. You can say th- thank you to Alejandra, who actually did the picking. That's right. <laughs> pick me. Okay. My family hails from the Piedmont of North Carolina. And being Southern, we all shared 
some of unavoidable common interests growing up, including NASCAR. Mm. Every Sunday, my father would sit and enjoy the constant left turning and engines revving as my sisters and I would run in and out, watching a few laps in between getting muddy and wrestling with dogs, etc. This was a fine way of living until it came to a literal crashing halt in 2001. This was the race where local hero and very well-known mean person, Dale Earnhardt, suffered his fatal crash. Mm. This would have been devastating news normally around these parts, but I live with an extra layer of shame and guilt knowing that a member of my family willed it to fruition. (gasps) That afternoon, we headed to Kmart for the upcoming week's provisions and stepped away from the TV blaring the Daytona 500. Perhaps they had aired an interview with the man himself, or perhaps just in reflection of his overall negative demeanor. But for whatever reason, at that moment, my mom openly exclaimed, I can't stand Dale Earnhardt. I hope he breaks his neck. Holy I should, shit. Right? These things that we just kind of fling off. Uh, when we're yeah. upset or bored at Kmart. I should say she also has qu- quite a salty demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. She has quite a salty demeanor. And this irony is not lost on me as an adult. We made nothing of it and continued with our day. When we left Kmart and piled back into the minivan, we heard on the radio about the crash that killed the legend. We were stunned and speechless at the time, but it somehow became a story that is very funny to the immediate family. And then in parentheses, it says, I guess we're pretty sick. (laughs) However, I now work and reside in Kannapolis, Earnhardt's hometown. I have never told the story to someone outside of the family. Very smart. Smart. (laughs) Yes. Uh, The town center literally has a bronze statue of the man and multiple roads named for him. The sport was never the same for us. And I wish I could say this was the last time my mom tried to harness this power. But unfortunately, there are multiple professional athletes that have drawn her ire. Luckily, this little parlor trick has failed every time since. I suppose the story could be as lighthearted as you make it. (laughs) Stay sexy and raise hell. Praise Dale, as we say, Jessica. (laughs) Wow. That's that's a good one. That's intense. It's like that kind of thing where it's like, you know, she's just irritated being Kmart. Right. Tired. Totally. Working mom, whatever. Turns out if you will it, dude. Dude, then you feel guilty for the rest of your life. This is weird because I have a personality, public personality died as well. Stop copying me. copying (laughs) you. This is a sad one. Um, School of Rock drummer died. Sad but sentimental hometown. Hi, pals. A while back, y'all mentioned School of Rock. How fantastic of a movie it is. Agreed. And how wonderful the kids are, including the drummer. Unfortunately, Kevin Clark, who played Freddie Spazzy McGee Jones, died in a bike accident last May, close to where I live in Chicago. The intersection where he died is an absolute mess with narrow lanes, worn away lines, odd street angles, etc. Many drivers at this intersection are either exiting the highway or frantically trying to get to a nearby target. So this intersection is scary for drivers, bikers and pedestrians alike. Kevin was biking home from drumming in a show when he ran a red light and was struck by a car and died. He was 32. Oh, that's awful. I know. Kevin wasn't even the first bicyclist to die at this intersection. 22-year-old cyclist Tyler Fabek died in 2008. After the news of Kevin's death, a widespread rallying cry for some goddamn protected bike lanes actually came out successfully. 
we got bike lanes and the intersection at least feels a little less chaotic for bikers and pedestrians. Let's hope the measure continues to protect people in the future and we don't have a third white painted bike memorial needed to be installed. School of Rock is one of my favorite movies, so my partner and I gave it a rewatch after hearing of Kevin's death. There's a scene where Freddie is learning the drums, recreating the rhythm Jack Black just demonstrated. The camera simply and slowly zooms in on his face, displaying his fun personality, excitement to play, and talent as a musician. In the aftermath of his passing, this felt like a touching tribute to a beloved person and musician. I teared up and very likely will every time I rewatch this beloved movie in the future. It's strange. I walk by this location a lot and I think about these people a lot and then I just go about my day. But I suppose that's life. People live, loved ones die, and the world keeps churning. We're left to find meaning and hope in the aftermath, living for those who didn't get the same years as us. I'll join the chorus of people thanking you for being open about mental health, grief, etc., and just say, stay sexy and honor the people we've lost so we can find greater meaning in our own lives. Lauren, she, her. Beautiful. Beautiful job, Lauren. Chills. I love it. No. Also, that movie is so special. It's just such a, it's just, it's a family movie, Mm -hmm. but it's also a a hard comedy, hard joke rewatch movie. Like, it really does the job and by the time they get to that final concert yeah. it is it is built it's like rudy for kids yeah. music it's, it's joyous beautiful. there's a lot of joy yeah. in that movie it's so good yeah it's it's beautiful georgia have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant like perfectly scrambled eggs oh my god yes karen and then all i want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day well you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world for years they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware some of tom colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in maiden whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made-in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. 
Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. It's another Chicago story. It says, inspired by Karen's recent locked out story. And then it says, no murder with an exclamation point. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Here's a tale that embodies Karen's recent locked out story and her many fights with her sister. I was junior high age at the time, and my sister was in early high school. We famously didn't get along and fought a lot. Not just screaming matches, but knockdown, drag out fighting. Mm. Teeth have been knocked out. What? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Can you? Jesus. Oh my God. No, we never got, my sister and I never got, we like one time she hit me with a brush and then I hit her with some other object. Yeah. But never, it was never like that. Like my sister uh, punched me in the stomach once. Oh, I know it sucked. Did it work? Did it make you see her, the, <laughs> the air of your way? Yeah, I respected her from then on. It was great. Gave her all my Barbies, anyone she just, wanted. I did throw a Barbie like at her prison. head once, I think. Yeah, so I got her back. I mean, uh, that's that's sisterhood right mm-hmm. there. Okay. Okay, so teeth have been knocked out, and a fistfight occurred during dinner once where my father had to drag my sister off of me. It was some serious WWF shit. Oh, my God. Actually, now I remember it. That happened to my sister, and I, I fucking pounced on her once. I think I was on drugs. Because she, she said something she fucked up. She said oh, something fucked dr- up, and I just fucking dive bombed her on the couch and you had just shot up some meth and so you were like let's get ready to rumble by the way she is way stronger than me so i fucking lost it (laughs) did you discover it that day you didn't really realize it i should have known i was on drugs what are you gonna do (laughs) okay so now the stage is set for the lockout drama i was letting the family dog out the back door and it shut and locked on me 
It's freezing cold and I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt, so I run around the front and I ring the doorbell obsessively to no avail. Then I try my sister's window and start banging on that. Now, she could famously sleep until after 1 p.m. and it's about 9-ish, so she's in deep sleep. When I get no response to the window, I go back to the door again and start banging. Finally, she opens the back door all pissed, punches me square in the nose, and slams the door on me again. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope they're friends now, because that's really fucked up. Punches you in the nose. I start crying and banging again until she lets me in. I run to the phone and I immediately call my mother to report the drama. The amount of times we called my mom to tell on each other is astounding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then in parentheses, it said, I know you did the same, Karen. You're wrong about that, friend. Because if we called my mother at the psychiatric hospital to be like Laura's being mean to me, yeah. we would have been uh, psychologically destroyed by my mother. Wow. We, we definitely... My poor mom. I'm sure she got fired partly because (laughs) Azure hit me. (laughs) Ring, ring. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how she didn't kill us, let alone get fired for our relentless bullshit. Yep. Anyway, the good news is my sister and I are in our 40s and the best of friends. Yay. With endless stories like this to tell. Yeah. I mean, like, hey, live out loud. Why not? Uh, thanks for everything, ladies. I've been listening since the beginning, and I'm so proud of all your accomplishments mm. and the community you've built for us. Mm. SSDGM, Katie from Chicago. Yes, middle sister, you won. <laughs> you, I no, that was a different. Oh. That was a different email. Damn it. Uh, that was that was epic. I'm really glad they're still friends, or it wouldn't have wouldn't be that funny. You know what right. I mean? No, no, it's those it's that's what makes it so funny yeah. is it really is a time and place situation. Like definitely there's, you know, yeah, the dream is to be able to look back and laugh on that. So right. hopefully nothing too, too extremely right. violent. But the idea that she got locked out and then her sister's solution is not listening, not going, oh, poor you. Yeah. Like just opening be, the door, just open the door and walk just away. Just open the fucking door. But no, it's you get punched. Also. <laughs> It makes me think of, I remember we were watching some TV show and there was like sister being like, are you okay? What's going on with you or whatever? And me and my sister started laughing so hard where it's like that conversations like that, where it's like sisters being besties in high school. Yeah. It just, no. Especially the young kids or like when there's like big brother and he takes you under his wing and takes care of you. Fuck that. My brother like locked me in my room and only he only let us out by drinking a raw egg eating a raw egg (laughs) he and he once cracked an egg over my head when i was like nine and i called my yep they were just my cousin stevie is fucking throwing rotten tomatoes from the compost pile at us i mean yeah it's uh... i'm happy for you if you had a nice experience as children with your siblings but but I'm also not interested in anything you no, have to say. Not here. We're not here for that <laughs> at all. No way. Um, this one is called The Time I Did Not Fuck Politeness. And it just starts, hi, I may have written in before, but maybe third time is the charm. In the Minnesota, a while back, you called for stories from shop workers. So here is mine. While in college, I worked the night shift at the Oslo Central Station 7-Eleven. Oh, okay. I get it. They worked at the 7-Eleven at the Oslo. That's what it says. There, (laughs) I encountered everything from drunk people, lovers quarrels, and a couple of attempted robberies 
But the only time I was truly terrified was the one time I did not fuck politeness and ended up with a stalker. At first, he seemed normal enough when he would come in, buy a pack of gum and leave. But after he started hanging around the shop and asking when I got off work, the hairs on my neck started to rise. However, being raised in Norway, where being impolite, even to a stalker, is considered one of the worst things you can do. I kept providing customer service with a smile while avoiding the questions he would ask. Mm. After a few months, though, I noticed he was just sitting on one of the nearby train tracks all through my shift. One night I noticed he was following me as I was walking home. Mm. At the time, I was living in a slightly dingy apartment in what was considered a fairly rough part of Oslo. And it says, oh, that student economy. I, however, always liked it there because of the cafe on the corner of my building where old Somali men would hang out in the evenings and at night. As I was coming up on my building, I started running as my stalker came closer. I passed the cafe and ran to my door, hoping I would be fast enough to get in. To my surprise, I suddenly heard a lot of yelling, turned around and saw my stalker being chased away by an old man with his cane. Oh, no. Turns out they had seen him follow me before and did not like the sight of him. <laughs> I have since learned to always fuck politeness or if all else fails, live near a cafe for old men. Yes. Stay sexy and don't be nice to stalkers. See. Oh, I love that. That's a beautiful story. But also, yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Like. If someone's following you to your house, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. And start no, running. No. I don't think you running is you not fucking politeness. Like you should give yourself more credit. Yes. It, well, and also if you just didn't know what else to do. Yeah. But and uh, what a great, beautiful kind of like community yeah. response to be protected like that. Totally. And then now, you know, and now, now you, you can know. do it for someone else. That's and right. Now you know. That's right. Okay. Here's my last email. Love the podcast, et cetera, et cetera. And then in parentheses, it says, I'm British, so we don't go for this shit. No murder here, but your recent hometown on the clown bursting in on the funeral <laughs> reminded me of one of my favorite stories about my older brother, Jack. For context, in the UK every March, the charity Comic Relief runs a huge fundraising event called Red Nose Day. It's a brilliant cause and it raises a lot of money to help those in poverty. And you guessed it, people are encouraged to buy and wear red noses. My brother Jack is a huge fan. So back in March of 2011, I'm on my gap year. And then in parentheses, it says, I know I'm the worst. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I don't shit. know why. Sets of two girls who dropped out of college. Mm, yeah, really. You're not the worst. Yeah, you're certainly not. Okay, so I'm on my gap year. My aunt dies and I can't make it back for the funeral. So I heard this story from my sister and it's now gained legend status in our family. Jack is extremely stubborn and he has no social inhibitions. This is partly down to the fact that he has Down syndrome, but I think it's mainly because he's a grouchy badass. So the morning of the funeral, Jack is not keen. It takes him a long time to conjole him into the car, but all of a sudden he changes his mind, complies, and gets into the car no fuss. This is deeply out of character and should have been my family's first clue that something was up. They get to the funeral just as everyone's sitting down. While my family fumbles with seatbelts, Jack promptly jumps out of the car, puts on a huge red nose, and before anyone can stop him, marches into the church. Needless to say, this was not met well by our extremely stuffy family and extended family. Scandalized is the word my sister used to describe the looks on their faces. <laughs> my, 
My parents eventually managed to wrangle the red nose off Jack's face, apologizing profusely, and sit down for the service. But that's not all. About halfway through the service, Jack leans over to my sister, and in the loudest stage whisper you've ever heard, he bellows, (laughs) Who's in the box? Referring, (laughs) referring, of course, to the coffin up front. Mortified, my sister turns to shush him, only to see that he's produced yet another huge red (laughs) nose from somewhere else and is sporting that one proudly. Of course he has more than one. (laughs) Yes, he's going to get back up. Yeah. He knows he's rebelling. The church falls silent as everyone turns to stare at the man grinning in the red nose, pointing at the coffin. Naturally, my family bursts into deeply inappropriate laughter, Mm -hmm. and we've not been invited to a funeral, wedding, you name it, ever since. Good for you. (laughs) Oh, well, fuck (laughs) him. Thanks for all you do. Loads of love, Hattie. And P.S. Just an extra shout out for Jack. Despite sometimes being a grumpy sod, he's also the most loving, gentle, and kind person I know. He has a sixth sense for noticing when someone's feeling down, and hugs from him can always make me feel better, no matter what's going on in the world. And that's saying a lot right now. I know you shouldn't have favorites, but he most definitely is my favorite brother. Sorry to other brothers. <laughs> oh, I'm going to cry. Isn't that the best? Oh, Jack. Jack. Head high five is keep, awesome. Keep that red nose in your pocket. You never know when you're you, going to need it. That's right. Oh yeah. my God, I love it. Um, that's it. Yeah, send us your stories, please. And, and yeah, you guys are the best. Yes, thank you for all the. These were great ones. Yeah. By the way, this yes. was a nice. This was a nice batch as well. Mm-hmm. We keep getting really solid stories. We're on a real roll here. Totally. Totally. People are killing it. They're resubmitting. They're yes. tr- they're competing with their siblings. They're doing everything they can. They're yep. getting their emails through, and we appreciate it. We do. And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researchers are Jay Elias and Haley Gray. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Listen, subscribe, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Goodbye. Goodbye.